Christian Parenting. Hey friend, I'm Summer Colbert and you are listening to the Love Where You Are podcast. Each week I host real and relatable conversations to encourage you to embrace your season, grow in your faith, parent with purpose, and live life on mission for the gospel. I'm so grateful you're joining me today. Hey friends, I have asked God many times in my life, what is your will for me? How about you? Maybe you're asking him that question right now. So many of us wrestle with this question throughout our lives and in different seasons as we balance daily demands and responsibilities with our authentic faith walk with Jesus. There are many messages in today's culture to chase your dream, make it happen, and create your destiny. But we know as believers that we are to look to God for His sovereign and unique will for us personally. So how do we determine what that is? Well, this week I am joined by best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Equipping Godly Women, Brittany Ann. Brittany's latest release, Follow God's Will, is a practical guide to help believers navigate the all-too-common questions What is God's will for my life, and how do I really know what He wants for me? In today's conversation, Brittany and I discuss three common myths related to God's will, the four calls on every Christian's life, how to guard against seeking self-fulfillment over God's will, and how to drown out the noise of busy mom life and tune into God's will for us right here and right now. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back, sweet friends, to the Love Where You Are podcast. I'm so grateful you are joining me, and today we are talking about following God's will, and joining me for this conversation is wife, mom of three, and best-selling author, Brittany Ann. Brittany, welcome. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to talk with you today. Yes, it's a pleasure. This is a really great conversation as because this is such an important topic for us as believers. And as we're getting started today, I want our listeners to understand who you are and your heart behind your ministry. So you are the founder of Equipping Godly Women. And I love a phrase that you often come back to, which is empowered moms change the world. And that is what we are all about on this show. For those of us who are listening and you are a regular listener, we want to see you empowered so that you can go out and make a difference in your home and for the gospel. And so let's get started with you sharing with us, Brittany, about your ministry and why you felt led to write your latest book, Follow God's Will. Yeah, well, to give a little bit of backstory on me, um, I'll share a story just because I think it's going to really set the context for this. Um, I grew up in a Christian household, Christian family, all of the things, but I went through a really rough time when I was in high school and college, super depressed, dealt with spiritual warfare, all of the things. I was a complete mess. Um, It's Mm. fine. It was what it was, but that was a season of my life. So around that time, I met my now husband, um, but at that point, we were not married yet, and I ended up getting pregnant. So he had to work out of town all of the time to make ends meet, so I never saw him, or at least I felt like I never saw him, and it ended up being just me at home with a newborn baby in an apartment, um, just kind of stuck there. And I remember feeling like, I don't know what God's will for my life was or was supposed to be, but whatever it is, I certainly blew it. I messed up. I got pregnant. Like, this is my fault. I mean, there was two of us, but you know, personal responsibility and all that. Like I messed up. I did the wrong thing. I made some bad choices. Here I am. I'm stuck in an apartment with a baby. Um, and there's nothing I can do. Whatever it was, I blew it. 
I'm, I can't do anything. And I just was in this place of lack where I was thinking, you know, I wish I could, I had these dreams. I wanted to go change the world. I wanted to pursue these things, um, but I couldn't, there were so many things I couldn't do because I was at home. I had a newborn and it was just me, um, taking care of him on a day-to-day basis. So in that season, we had a lot of medical bills because the baby was unexpected. Um, he's a joy and a delight, but he wasn't planned. Um, and so we had the baby before we had health insurance or at least good health insurance. We had a lot of medical bills. So around that time, yeah. I found out that you could start writing online in order to make a little bit of extra income. So I thought, you know, okay, I have nap time. I have night time. I have this time during the day when the baby is sleeping, I can start writing. So I started writing. There was no huge big plan. It literally was, we have a lot of medical bills. I hate debt. I can write these articles and they were just random articles. I was writing about dental implants and car dealerships and all of the things like I can start writing these articles for $5 an hour because that is what I can do right where I am. Again, no big plan, no anything, but fast forward a little bit. That's where I started was just writing articles online just me at home with my baby. And over time, um, my husband was able to come back home and we have more kids. Um, but that has just morphed into me just following the next step and following the next step and following the next step to now where I do run equipping godly women that has reached millions of women in nearly every country of the world. I have eight books. I am an ECPA and Amazon bestselling author and speaker and all of the credentials and all of the things. Um, but the point of this story is that I completely understand and relate to that feeling of, okay, I'm at home. What can I do? I'm not anything special. I don't have any platform. I don't have any ministry. There's so many things that I can't do. But for me, it was really not waiting until I knew God's big old plan. Cause so often we think, oh, we have to figure out what this thing is that God is calling us uniquely to do. Um, but so often for me and for so many people, it was a matter of, okay, where am I right now? What can I do with what I have? And just taking those steps forward and walking in faith and not seeing the whole picture and not seeing where it would go, but just to say, okay, here's what I can do. I can write these articles. I'll bust them out. I'll make five bucks an hour. And trusting that that would lead somewhere, even though I had no idea where it would lead, but just starting right there where I was. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you shared that story on the front end because it really helps our listeners to understand. And you bring up such an important point as I'm listening to you that we are not so powerful that we can wreck God's plans for us. Mm. He is always sovereign in his plan for us and in his will ultimately for us. And that's such an encouragement for me just listening to your story. And I know it is for those who are listening as well, that no matter where we find ourselves, even if we don't feel like we're living our dreams or we're fulfilling our our greatest desires, and wishes and and all of the different things that I feel like the world pushes on us in general, it's so important to remember that there's value right where we are. And whatever that season looks like, God used that. He used a a difficult and lonely season for you, an unexpected season, one that's not by the book, by, you know, our our standards as young adults coming into, you know, the normal path that we would say that we carve out for ourselves. So I'm really encouraged by that, Brittany. And I'm so appreciate because you know, you think about this idea of God's will and and we're similar in that we were both raised in the church, Christian parents. I went to a Christian school, um, but we still find ourselves. It's like, okay, what's God's will. And when we're young and quite frankly, when our brains aren't fully developed until we're 25, it's such an unfair question for us. And so I really appreciate that you highlight 
hey, let's just be where we are and be in fellowship with the Lord and see where he guides us. And so that leads me to where I want to begin, because you talk about in your book that there are three common myths related to God's will. And so I'd love for you to dive into those three common myths and share with us what they are and how that applies to what we're talking about today. Yeah, this is a great question because so often we have a misconception or misidea of what we think God's will is. And if we're looking for one thing and what God has for us doesn't look exactly the way that we thought it would, we can completely miss it because we don't recognize it. We don't know what we're looking for. Um, I also yeah. wanted to mention a minute ago, as you were talking, it reminded me of a Bible verse and that is Romans 11 29, it says for God's gift and his call are irrevocable. So this situation mm. where I was in, where I thought I had completely messed it up, God knew ahead of time, there is nothing that is happening in your life that God didn't already know was going to happen. Not saying that he That's caused right. it to happen or it was his fault or he made it happen, but he knew before the dawn of time, God knows exactly where you're going to be. God has this plan for you. And there's nothing that you can do to disqualify yourself because God already knew. God already knew I was going to get pregnant. God already knew that you would be home with babies or whatever it is. If you are saying, you know, I can't do this because I don't have the skill or I don't have this talent or I have to take care of my children with special needs or I have to take care of an elderly parent. God already knows. These are things are not surprises to God. I also love the verse Ephesians 2.10, which says, for we are God's handiwork, created created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So he already knew whatever life situation you are in, whatever gifts and skills and abilities you have or don't have, God already knows. And he's already taken that into account. So with that being said, the three myths that you asked about that I share in the book, um, the first one is that God only has one will for your whole entire life. So often we think we have to figure out what is the one big thing that God wants me to do, whether that is, okay, God is calling me to be a missionary to Africa, or God is calling me to be a stay-at-home mom, or like this one big thing. And so often I find that God doesn't call us to just one big thing. There might be a big mm-hmm. thing, but so often God's call on our life is in the day-to-day things. If you think about if we only had one big calling, you know, what would the first 20 years of our life amount for it? Does that just go to waste? Um, Or the last 20 years of our life when we can't work anymore, does that just go to waste? But that's not the character of God. He knows who we are. He knows where we are. Um, And so, yes, there may be something big he's calling you to to in the future, and that's great, and we want to celebrate that. But there may be something small that he's calling you to right now, right where you are. So that's the first thing that I want to make sure people know um, is that it's not just one thing. It's what is God calling me to do right now where I am in the season of life that I am in. Um, The second one is that God's will always involves a big decision. And sometimes it does, um, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes God's will for your life is just that you will hug your kids a few extra minutes that morning, that you will slow down and that take the time to love on them and listen to them because God knows your kid is going through a really tough time and he gave you to them. He made you their mother because he knew that they would be going through a really tough time and you could be there for them and you could love on them. Maybe it is yeah. um, sharing a book that you read recently that you love and you share it with a coworker and you say, I know you're going through a really tough time right now. I just saw this book online and I thought it was really interesting and helpful and I wanted to share it with you. I wanted to bless you with this. So yes, God's yeah. will can be a big decision. It could be to take this job or that one or marry this person or have more babies or be done. Um, it can be a big decision, but it can also be How can you love the people right where you are, exactly where God has placed you? And then the third one is that God's will is always super spiritual, difficult, or weird. 
So yes, again, sometimes God's will is weird. If you think about um, Joshua and the battle of Jericho, God said, go march around the city. That's a weird thing to do. He told Moses, you know, go part the Red Sea. That's weird. There are miracles. There are times where God tells us to do things that are weird. Um, but there's also so many times where God just says, you know, go love on your neighbor. Your neighbor just had surgery. Go take them some soup. And that's God's will for yeah. your life today. Or, you know, turn down this opportunity or volunteer for this thing. And it doesn't have to be this big question. Instead, it really is just a matter of waking up each day and saying, God, thank you for another day. Thank you. Um, for creating me. Thank you that it's Tuesday or Thursday um, and I'm alive for another day and I'm here. Um, how do you want to use me today? My day is yours. Um, I have plans. We have things we need to do. We need to do dishes. We need to do laundry. We need to do the things. Um, but how can I be your hands and feet today right where I am, right where you have placed me? As Christian parents, there are so many things that we want to teach our kids about God and his love for us. But leading your family in faith can be overwhelming. What are the most important things to teach and where do we even begin? I am really excited to tell you about a great resource from Christian Parenting that will make teaching faith at home simple, engaging, and fun. Love God and Love Others is a four-week family challenge to help you teach your kids the greatest commandment of all time, to love God and love others. Each week you'll focus on loving God with different aspects of who you are and includes a few pages on a portion of the Great Commandment to equip you for the week ahead, scriptures and points of truth for your family to reflect on together, and fun challenges to try with your family. This resource is an amazing opportunity for your family to grow closer to each other and to God as you learn about His steadfast love for you and you learn to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. For more information and to get your copy, head over to cpgive.org. That's cpgive.org. And now let's get back to the conversation. Oh, I love that. That's so fantastic. And it just really, it takes the headache out of it because we do tend to just really overcomplicate, especially when you're talking about something as serious as God's will. And I don't say that to be critical. It really is true because it shows that it matters to us that we really do want to know and understand God's will for us. But sometimes we can get hung up on these big ideas like you're talking about rather than it being simple, things that we live out in the day in and day out. And I, I love um, one of my friends, author Frank Viola says it in his new book, and I'm, I may butcher the quote a little bit, but it's basically like, if you are in Christ, every day is a mission trip. Mm. And when you think about it that way, because we think, okay, we gear up and we get ready and we prepare ourselves to go and do this major, you know, impactful week of ministry. But what you're describing for us, Brittany, is that every day can be ministry in little ways. And that is God's will for us, because ultimately we are to be serving him with our lives, even in the simplest of ways. So I think that's such a helpful reminder for us, especially as most of us who are listening, we're moms and we are raising babies. We are Ubering our kids back and forth. We are trying to just keep the house in order, trying to keep the bills paid, trying to just keep our worlds running. And so we feel guilty that we're not going out and doing this large, impactful ministry as we would define it. But in truth, it's those interactions like you're describing for us that really do make the huge impact, can plant seeds for relationship and an opportunity to share the gospel and to live out the gospel for those around us. So I think this is such an important point. And so you think about that as, as God's will for us really collectively, but some people might be listening and saying, okay, Brittany, but I really have this on the table right now. I've got this big decision. I've got this big life altering moment that we're walking through right now. 
And I really need to understand what God's will is for me personally. So how do you speak to that listener who is like, how do I even begin to navigate and seek God for his will for me personally in this specific situation? Yeah, that's a great question. And that is a big part of the reason why I wrote Follow God's Will, because it's a conversation that I hear that comes up again and again and again of women who say, I want to do the right thing. I want to um, honor God and love others. And I want to do this, but I don't know what that looks like. If you think about the Bible, so often we see it as a how-to guide that, oh, we're going to go to the Bible and it's going to tell us all of the things. Um, but it doesn't. The Bible has so much wisdom and clarity and direction and guidance, and there's so much goodness in it. But oftentimes the Bible teaches us through parables, through stories, through examples. So you can't go in the Bible and say, okay, my child is having an attitude. Let me flip to the page in the verse that's going to tell me exactly how I deal right. with it. Or let me flip to the page in the verse that's going to tell me exactly you know, which job I should take or whatever the situation that they're trying to figure out is right now. Instead, it really is a matter of um, understanding God's will for our life and then narrowing down from God's will for everybody to God's will for us specifically. So um, yeah. in the book, I talk about what is God's will for everyone? Because we want to start there. It's kind of like an umbrella. No matter what we do, it's going to fall under this. So Jesus yeah. tells us in Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 40, um, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor and yourself. But he continues, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So whatever it is that God is calling you to do, it does not matter if it is job related, family related, ministry, anything. Um, if it's what color you should dye your hair the next time you go to the salon, no matter what it is, every single thing falls under this umbrella of love God and love others. So that is your first test is to go and say, okay, here are my two decisions. Looking at these two decisions, is there anything that this brings up for me that is one of them going to help me love God and love others? And the other one is going to not help me love God and love others. And I know that that might sound a little Christianese, but it really is a great test. It's taking yeah. a step back and examining your motives and saying, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I making this decision? Am I speaking up? Am I making this decision because I truly love this other person or because I love my family or I love God and I'm seeking to follow him and I'm doing my best to follow him? Or am I making this decision out of fear? Am I making this out of pride? Have I even gone to the Lord and asked him for his direction in this? So I think that taking that step back and saying, okay, why am I doing this? What is my motivation? Why would I choose one or the other? I think that's a really great place to start. But then I also Absolutely. include several questions in the book that honestly have been really helpful for me lately. Um, just to uh, toot my own horn a little bit here, but when this book came out very recently, um, it kind of was a season of wrapping up for me. So I have published a few books over the last few years. I've been very busy with these books. Um, now that they're out and they're wonderful, they're in stores, all the things, um, I'm in a season of transition. I feel like, okay, I've been working on this um, and now it's next. So this is a question I've been asking myself also of, okay, do I write more books? Do I um, keep growing equipping godly women? And what does that look like? And how do I do that? Do I um, be more present with my family? Or do I, you know, start this ministry? Um, I'm the kind of person who wants to do all of the things. So I have a billion ideas and I'm like, oh, I want to volunteer for this and this and this. And I want to do all of the things. Um, and none of them right. are bad things. It's just, there's so many opportunities all around us. Um, so I yeah. even went back to, to my own book, um, if I'm allowed to say that. But I went back and I was like, okay, there's these questions yeah. in this book that will walk you through. Um, and the first one was, 
has God explicitly told you yes or no in scripture? So if it is something that God has explicitly told you no, then the answer is no. You don't need to um, ask your friends and family for their opinion. You don't need to talk to God about it. Um, I mean, you can ask him for strength and courage, but you don't need to ask his permission. He's already given you an answer. Um, Secondly is have you talked to him in prayer and have you heard from him that way? Um, So often we skip the step of even asking God, like, which decision should I make here? Should I take this job or that job? And we're just relying on logic and, you know, what are the numbers and what are the logistics? Um, Have you taken the time to go to God and ask him? And has he told you something? So if God has already said, yes, you can do this thing. And you're like, oh, but I don't know. I feel fear. It would be so inconvenient. It might make people mad. I don't know. If he's already told you an answer, you already have your answer. You just need to obey. Um, So that's really where I would start is, has he told you in scripture? Has he told you um, through the Holy Spirit? Um, Then also doing things like asking your friends and family for their opinions, Um, getting wise, guidely counsel. And that's what I did also is I went and I talked to a bunch of friends and family and I said, okay, I'm thinking about pursuing this new project that I'm really excited about, but I'm not sure. And I just really need to talk this out. Um, So being able to, I mean, there may be people you want to talk to everybody about it. Some people might not understand, um, but your trusted, godly friends, family, mentors that you say, you know, this person loves God. They want what's best for me. They'll tell me what my blind spots are. Um, cause my husband has had to do that for me sometimes where I'm like, Oh, I really want to do this thing. And he's like, no, that would be insane. And you're not going to do that to our family in this right. is enough. Um, so having those people who will tell you like, yes, that is such a good idea. You should totally do it. Um, but who would also tell you, no, you're just chasing rabbit trails. That's no, we're not going to do that. Um, so that's just a few of the things that I would start with spending time in the words, spending time in prayer, talking with friends and family. Um, and you can kind of start to get a lot of direction that way. Yeah, no, I think that's really fantastic because we do need to just kind of break it down simply, especially for us as busy moms, because we're already sifting through so many things. And then you add to that the mixed messages of the world that we're dealing with right now. I mean, if you look at, I I was, uh, I gave a a speech last week to a women's ministry and I was telling them that I had looked up the top hashtags for women in 2022. And it was words like, empowerment, boss, babe, girl, boss. And and so we're, we're getting these messages. It's very just in our face that, um, we're supposed to be accomplishing more and doing more. And as a result of that, we're questioning maybe even what the Lord is saying to us, you know, versus a a simple act of service or an area of ministry that might not be deemed worthy or valuable in the eyes of the world, because most of us are on social media. Most of us are watching TV. We're hearing the things and we're getting these messages of this is what you need to be doing in order to say that it's valuable or that you matter or that you're really contributing to society and life and your family. But the Lord may be calling you to something entirely different. And so with that, how can we as busy Christian moms sift through all of the noise of just life in general and the demands of kids and marriage and on what we're doing, and then the mixed messages of the world and hear God's voice amidst that busyness? What would you say to that? I have a story that goes perfectly for that. So recently I was meeting with a group of writers um, who have all published or in the process of publishing books. And we were having lunch together and we all went around the table and we were asked to share one person in our life who has had the biggest impact on us, um, spiritually or emotionally or what have you. And the only rules were we couldn't say our mom because everyone totally would have said their mom, which by the way, just pause on that a minute. Everyone wanted to say their mom. Um, but 
Also, we couldn't say Jesus. So who was a person in our lives that had the biggest impact on us other than our moms? Um, and as everyone went around the table, it was interesting that not one single person said a celebrity, not one single person said an author, not one single person said an influencer. Um, they didn't talk about people who have these larger than life platforms or who are doing these big things. Not a single person gave that answer. Every single person around the table said, you know, it was this teacher that I had that really poured into me when I was struggling or when I was about to make a wrong decision and they just came alongside of me and they spoke into my life. Or, you know, it was this youth pastor who really encouraged me and who like had me step up and accept more responsibility and step into this Christian role. Or it was a coach or a like piano teacher or all of these people. And as these women were telling these stories, they were getting so emotional and like trying really hard not to tear up. Because the people who have the biggest influence, so often we think it's those celebrities, we think it's those influencers, and we think, oh, wow, they have this amazing platform, they have this amazing influence. But no, if you really stop and think about it, think about the people who have had the biggest impact on your life, that have made you the person that you are today. It's your mom, and it's your youth leader, and it's your um, women's ministry person or your teacher or another girl that went to school with you. Um, It's these people that we know in the day to day. And I think honestly that that is a lie from Satan that he tells you, you have to have this ministry in order to matter, that you have to do these things or accomplish these things. And these are the only people that matter, but that's not true. If you even think about Jesus, the way that he did things, he wasn't going out and seeking this huge platform and seeking to, I mean, he did speak to crowds of thousands. Um, But so often when he had an impact on people's lives. It was because he showed up with them and he said, Zacchaeus, I see you. I see you right where you are. I'm going to take the time for this one-on-one interaction. I'm going to see you and I'm going to notice you and I'm going to go to your house today. We're going to eat together. Um, And that Mm -hmm. matters so much more than what we give it credit for. It's just seeing people in real life because social media is cool and all of the things. Um, I love to be inspired by it. I love to learn things. I look, love to look up YouTube videos and follow people on Instagram who inspire me. Um, but what we really need is the people in our real life who say, I see you exactly as you are. Not just the person that you show up as on social media, not just your highlight reel. I see you and I believe in you. Um, I see your faults and I'm going to tell you when it's appropriate to do so. I see your strengths. And I'm going to cheerlead you when it is appropriate to do so. And that is so, so important. And that is really... Um, that's where the real impact in different lies. So if you are somebody who is saying right now, like I feel, because there's two sides to this. If you're someone who says, like, I know God is calling me to do big things and I'm scared. If God is calling you to do big things, then you pull up your big girl pants and you go do those big things. Um, if he's calling you to do it, then you go do it. Like he knows what he's yeah. talking about. But if you are someone who's saying, you know, I just feel in my heart, like I wasn't meant to do those big things. I just want to be a mom to my kids, or I just want to sign up to help out the girls and volunteer for this at my kid's school, wherever it is that God has called you. It's because he knows you better than you know yourself. He loves you. He wants what is good for you. He knows where you will thrive. He knows where he needs you. He created you on purpose for where he has you. Um, So I would say, first of all, to realize that all calls are important. God created all of us differently. But then also as a second part of that, um, if you are really struggling with this, and I know so many of us do, but if you are really struggling with this and you're like, the world is so loud. Well, maybe that's the problem is the world is so loud. How much time are you spending in scripture 
and in prayer compared to how much time you're scrolling on Instagram each day. If you're struggling with this and you ask yourself honestly, okay, maybe I spend five minutes in the word every couple days when I remember, maybe I like say a quick prayer, but I'm scrolling on Instagram two hours a day. Well, what you fill your mind with is absolutely going to have a huge influence on you. That's why you don't let your children watch certain TV shows. That's why you don't let your children listen to certain kinds of music. That's why you don't let your children hang out with that kid that you know is a bad influence that's going to get them in trouble. And you say, no, I want to make sure that you're going to church. I want to make sure that I'm speaking into you. Well, even as adults, we need that too. So if you feel like all you get are all of these messages, maybe you need to evaluate where those messages are coming from. Not saying that Instagram is bad or YouTube is bad or any of that. Um, but there's apps you can put on your phone that you can say, okay, I will only scroll on Instagram 10 minutes a day because I want to check in. I want to see what my friends are up to, but I'm not going to get trapped in that um, trap of just like scrolling and seeing all of these things. Um, right. So if if it's just a matter of you got the wrong voices speaking in your head, like you can do things, you can change that. Um, so rather than seeing yourself as a failure or trying to battle this huge thing, um, set yourself up for success by making sure you're listening to the right things. Yeah. Oh, I think that's fantastic. It's a really great reminder. And we've touched on social media and boundaries and that, you know, as we've done different episodes, but it's always good to come back to and remember that we will be affected by what we give our time and attention to. And so we need to prioritize what is good and right and healthy. What is God's will for us? He wants us to be in relationship with him. That's the first and foremost, like you talked about just a few moments ago in our conversation. How do we do that? We read his word. We talk to him in prayer. We abide with him throughout our day. And so as we think about that, most of us who are, we're having this conversation, Brittany, you and I are both moms. Most of us who are listening, you're moms as well. And so we've got little kids or little people or growing teenagers who are watching us as we are battling this out within ourselves. And we want them to learn these same principles. We want them to learn well, to value God's will, to seek out God's will. And so how can we teach our kids to seek out and desire God's will for their own lives individually, because they have to make that choice for themselves, right, Brittany? That's not something we as moms can do. We can point them down that path, but how can we teach our kids that God's will matters for their lives? I think the first thing is just living it out yourself, because if your kids don't see you doing it, they don't see that example. And if you think of all of the people who inspire you, Or, I mean, even going back to the Instagram conversation, if you see all of these people who are doing things um, and you're like, wow, their house is so pretty. They seem like such a great mom. You see them excelling and it makes you also want to do that. Um, Not that we can control what our kids want to do, but providing them that example of this is what it can look like. And that's one of my favorite things to do online is I'm not going to tell people what to think or do or believe, but I want to provide both online and in person. This is what it can look like to joyfully follow God, that it's not just the set of rules and regulations that we have to do this thing, but this is what it can look like to truly love God's word. This is what it can look like to see Christianity as this exciting adventure that I get to be a part of. And I just love, um, for me to have that joy and then to be able to share that joy with others because it's just something maybe we don't see. If we grew up in a church, um, I did. I grew up in a church that was super legalistic. I've been to churches where it's all about the rules and you better look this way and you better do that and you better do this thing and you better toe the line. And if that's all they see, 
that's all they know. Um, and honestly, yeah. I don't blame a lot of people who are leaving the church because I love the church. I will always be a Christian, but there's so many poor examples out there of people just yelling at each other and saying, you better do this and you better vote this way and you better look this way. And if that's all our kids see, then that's going to be what they think of Christianity. So it starts with us um, for ourselves, taking care of our own spirituality, being the kind of people who say, you know, I love to read God's word. I'm so excited that I get to talk to the God of the universe. I don't have to spend time in prayer. I like the God of the entire universe who created everything. He wants to talk to me like that's so fun. Like, why would you not take advantage of that? So I think it first starts with us. Um, developing our own souls, growing into that, taking whatever it is so that we can be spiritually healthy and then not being afraid to show that to our children, to share it with them, Um, not being afraid. Well, we're always afraid, but even when we're afraid to step up and do things. um, I know I have gotten some pressure in my life and it's so common for there's this debate of, oh, well, women should stay home and have kids. You shouldn't be working or, oh, women should go to work and you shouldn't stay home. Um, it's just a debate that rages all the time, no matter, you know, whatever part of the country you are, whatever your family says, Mm -hmm. like, it's just something that we as moms often deal with. Um, and it can be Mm -hmm. hard to say, you know, I feel like I need to do this, even though like, maybe that's not what's normal in my family. Um, so being bold enough, even though it's hard and even though it's scary to say, you know, I feel like God is calling me to do this and it's not easy, but I'm going to do this. Um, and letting your kids see that example that you can break the mold. You don't have to just do what is expected of you. Please do what God expects of you, but you don't have to listen to your mother-in-law. You don't have to listen to your sister or, you know, whoever your neighbor, um, the lady at the PTA, like you're not responsible to them. You're not called to answer to them. You're called to answer to God. Um, so I think first it starts with being that person who loves the Lord. And that's going to be the biggest thing. But then secondly, having those conversations with your children and starting small. Um, I had a conversation with my oldest at one point where he said, um, I want to follow God's will, but like, how do I know what God's will for my, my will is? I don't, I feel like I'm missing it. Like, you know, like you're a kid. This is literally what I told him. I was like, okay, first of all, you're a child. Um, so your God's will for your life right now is to love God, love others, and do your best in school so that you will have opportunities going forward. That's all you're called to right now. Uh, I would mean, yeah. kept it little or simple because he was little, but so yeah. often, as we said earlier, we overcomplicate it, but it's having these conversations with our kids where we say, you know what? I am so excited for where God is going to call you someday. We're not there yet. Maybe you're, maybe your child is six or they're four or they're even 13. And you say, you know, I don't know where he's going to call you. You're still learning and developing. Um, but having these conversations where you say, Hey, why don't you sign up for this club? Because I think you are really good at this. Um, I would love for you to have this experience so that you have these life experiences. Um, when you get older, when you figure out and having these conversations of, oh, what do you think you might like to do when you grow up? I am so excited to see, because I already know God has something planned just for you. And putting this language in front of them, God has something planned just for you. He created you. He gave you these skills and gifts and abilities. And we don't know how he's going to use them yet, but I'm so excited to see what this special gift is that God has created just for you. So I think having those conversations, even from a young age, so it's not just, okay, you're 18, go figure it out. But we've talked for years and we've said, you know, God has something like, let's go discover what it is. And we've pointed them towards when they have a tough decision or when they, um, they're not sure about something that we're reminding them, oh, well, why don't you go pray about it? That yes, we want to pray for our kids, but just letting them know, because sometimes they may not really think about it. 
Why don't you go pray about it? Why don't you go see, you know, why don't you go look up this Bible verse? Um, teaching them to do these things. We have to teach our kids to tie their shoes and eat their vegetables. Sometimes we also have to teach them, this is what it looks like to follow God's will, both through example and through instruction and teaching them and suggestions. So, yeah. That's so good. And you bring up a really great point. And I want to kind of close out our conversation with this is that we are to point our children to the Lord, to his word, not what we want for their lives. We don't want to be louder than the Holy Spirit. We do not want to step in and interfere with God's will for their life. And so it is really great to to journey with our kids, to teach our kids along the way. We talk about this all the time on the show, the Deuteronomy 6 model, as we go along the way, as we lie down, as we get up. We're walking alongside in partnership with our kids, pointing them to the Lord and the value of living a life in service of Him, the peace, the joy, um, the hope that comes with that, and then seeking His will going, let's see, I see that God has something great for you. I love that, speaking life into our kids as you're describing, and then pointing them to God has something for you. Let's, it, it's like going on an adventure with the Lord. And our kids love that. You know, you think about when they're little, let's go on an adventure. And that's true for their lives all throughout, no matter how old they get. Let's seek the Lord together and what he has for you. And in the meantime, I'm going to share with you what I've learned and what he's taught me and the different, you know, twists and turns of my own story and how he's used each one of those. And we're in constant conversation with our kids. We're blessing our kids by speaking life over them as you're describing for us. And we're pointing them to seeking God. God's will for them as well. I think that's so fantastic, Brittany. And I, I'm so grateful for that message. I want to give you the opportunity to close out with a word of encouragement for our moms who are listening right now, who they genuinely want to do God's will for their life, but they may just feel stuck. They're struggling. They don't want to make a mistake. They don't want to make a misstep as they're thinking about God's will for their life in this moment, in this season, whatever they're facing, what word of encouragement would you leave them with today? The thing that I always come back to is just that sometimes following God's will is hard. I know that's not the encouragement. I'm getting there. Um, sometimes following God's will is hard. Sometimes it is scary. Sometimes it doesn't make sense on paper. But what I can tell you from experience is that following God's will for your life is always worth it. 100% yeah. of the time. There have been so many times where I shrunk back in fear or didn't stand up or didn't do the thing or didn't pursue the opportunity because I was scared of the impact that it would have on those around me. Or could I do this? Was I good enough? Um, but you don't wait until the fear goes away because sometimes it doesn't. You just say, you know That's what? Right. The God that we serve is good. He has every resource at his disposal. If I don't have enough time, that's okay. He created time. If I don't have enough, that's, right. time, that's fine. I don't need the money. My heavenly father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If he has called me right. to do this, he will make it possible. Um, yeah. So it's okay if it's hard. It's okay if it's scary. It's okay if you have to take baby steps, um, but keep moving forward because it is always, 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 always worth it. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good word. And I, that's such an encouragement for me personally. And then I know that it's an encouragement for those of you who are listening today. I want to make sure that our listeners can connect with you, that they can learn more about your ministry and get a copy of Follow God's Will. How can they do that, Brittany? Thank you for asking. So the best place to find me online is my website, equippinggodlywomen.com. Um, if you go there, we have a ton of amazing resources and you can also get the first chapter of my book, Follow God's Will for free, just by visiting equippinggodlywomen.com. 
Perfect. I'm going to make sure that we have all of the links in today's show notes easily accessible for you to be able to do that. I know you're going to want to get a copy of this book. It has been a blessing to me. I'm kind of spoiled, y'all. I got an advanced reader copy and it was super fun. And so I've been able to spend some time in Brittany's book and it truly is an encouragement. And I want you to be able to, to utilize that resource today. So thank you so much for being my guest, for encouraging us with your story, with your honesty, and just pointing us to the Lord and his will for us. I'm truly grateful for your time today. Well, thank you so much. It has been so fun to talk with you. Thanks for listening to the Love Where You Are podcast. I'm so grateful you joined in our conversation today. If you've been blessed by this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button or share this with a friend. Don't forget to head over to today's show notes where you will find all of the links to connect with today's guest, along with scripture references, resources mentioned, and some of my favorite takeaways. And hey, I'd love to connect with you. Check out the links to follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Plus, join the Ahava community, a Facebook group where we can dive deeper into today's conversation together. Until next time, go love where you are and live life on mission for Jesus today.